Hey Cinemaxic fans, Max here to announce the opening of our very first ever Cinemaxic merch store. There you can find exclusive merch with our Cinemaxic and Force Vision logos and designs on hoodies and tees. My personal favorite being the Icon hoodie. And by exclusive, I mean not exclusive at all and you can buy it as much as you want, whenever you want, forever. So literally the exact opposite of exclusive. And guess what? We made it as cheap as possible to make it as easy as possible to buy. Shirts start at $15 and hoodies at $25. That's a steal right there, my friends. Here's a link that you can find in our podcast description. That is teespring.com slash stores slash the dash cinemaxtic dash podcast dash store. So many dashes. Buy it. Wear it. Support the podcast and tell your friends. And as always, watch on. Hey Cinemaxic fans, this is your host Max Leadham at Max Fozzie here to tell you that Cinemaxic 2.0 is almost ready for launch. We have been hard at work building a new podcast studio where we'll be recording and shooting live streamed videos plus dipping our toe in the water of YouTube. That's right, we're starting the YouTube channel. We're really excited about doing that. On top of that, the high quality audio that you guys were used to at the beginning of the podcast for about 40 episodes or so is coming back. Jordan, our producer slash seducer, is back from overseas with all of his audio equipment, and we're going to be starting to record in that high-quality audio that you love and are used to. So we're very excited to have that back as well. whole bunch of exciting things to come, and stay posted on the Cinemaxic Podcast feed. We'll be releasing news on when to expect these changes to take place sometime this fall. We're very excited and thank you guys so much for listening and the continued support of our podcast. The following podcast contains a totally spoilerific review of It Chapter 2. We forgot to put it at the front of the podcast, so here is your warning. The entire podcast will be reviewing It Chapter 2 in its entirety, spoilers and all, who dies, things that happen, all that stuff. So if you've not seen It Chapter 2 and you want to see it, this is not the podcast to listen to today. Go see the movie, come listen to this afterwards, because you will be spoiled if you listen to this now before seeing it. We'll see you after you see It Chapter 2. <laughs> Welcome, you dumb nerds. I like it. Okay. How are you guys doing today? Good. How I'm doing. It's a short week for me. I'm so I'm great. Feeling, I'm feeling real, real good. Feeling Why is it a short week for you? I took a Thursday and Friday off because I worked 36 out of 40 days. So I thought I would uh, treat myself to a longer weekend because I didn't. Everyone else had Labor Day off. I didn't. Um, and I've worked like three of the past five weekends. So. Uh, deserved time off. That's for sure. That's what, uh, that's what I'll call this. I'm really looking forward to it. I also, I have a barbecue competition on Friday that I'm doing. I'm doing it with Drew, uh, my dad and, uh, my dad's friends. Uh, it's a, an event where we will be going there at like 6 PM Friday and we will literally be smoking a copious amount of meat. And, um, we'll be doing that into the early morning hours and then the competition takes place at about noon. So I'm pretty psyched about that. Got a brisket, chickens, pork butt, uh, ribs. It's going to be a good time. Sounds like a pretty good time. Do you guys like barbecue? I love barbecue. Yeah, dude, we live in Kansas city. <laughs> also, I went to Ikea today and, uh, been there, haven't been there in a while. Got a whole lot of new sets up. Right now, it's uh, if you haven't been to Ikea in a minute, uh, gonna pick a better time. I got a lot of new cookware from there a couple months ago. Oh, yeah, you know, it's like they have a decent, they have decent cookware. Uh, it's yeah. cheap, it's cheap, and it's uh, it's, it's it, it gets the job done for what you need to do. You can uh, get like a whole set of pots for like 20 bucks. It's tell you what, you go to Target to get a single pot, that's going to run you like 30 or more. Speaking of Target, when are they going to put that damn Halloween section out? I've been waiting since September 1st and they uh, still don't have any spooky yeah, stuff. I'm like, it's got to be out by now, dude. I mean, it has to be. It has You're probably to just be. going to the wrong Target. 
Maybe I am. I'm going to the one over by our house, Tim. But uh, tell you what, uh, come tomorrow, I'm oh. hanging shelves and decorating for spooky season. I'm, I'm quite. I'll excited. be honest. The Target by our house is not not very good. They have a very very small selection. Yeah, it's definitely not a super Target. Where are you guys? Is that like the Ward Parkway one or Mission? It's uh, Mission. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess this one's the Merriam one. By the way, Tim, they're putting in a rec center over there behind the Hobby Lobby. A rec center? Yeah, they did. They demolished the pool. There was a community pool. They demolished it, and they're making a rec center that's going to have basketball courts, a pool, a gym, uh, a spa, all sorts of isn't, stuff. Isn't there a rec center literally one minute from our house, like right by High V? Apparently, apparently, Mission is the place to be because they're Rex building Center. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Is there one yeah. right there? I'm pretty sure there is. Huh. Anyway. Place to be. <laughs> if anyone is looking for a new location in Mission, I mean in Kansas, come to Mission. It's a, it's a, it's a great area. Couldn't be happier. I did a beautiful project with my door the other day and did, redid the house numbers. and uh, I've never been prouder in my entire life. <laughs> Anyways. Let's talk about movies, shall we? On today's episode of Cinemaxtic, we're going to be reviewing It Chapter 2. We've all saw it this past weekend, and we're very excited to break it down for you and give you our review of this big fall-time blockbuster. On top of that, we're going to talk a little bit of movie news, but we're going to keep it short, we're going to keep it sweet, we're going to give you what you want, which is a review of It Chapter 2. It's time to dive in. This is Cinemaxtic. As always, I'm your host, Max Liedem at Max Fozzy. Back again for another episode of Cinemaxic. This is going to be episode 31. We have turned 31 at the uh, Cinemaxic podcast uh, company. Um, and uh, we're coming up almost on a year, boys. We're coming up almost on a year. We've almost been doing this one entire year. When we started this podcast, when we started this podcast, it's just funny to think that Mowgli, the directed Netflix movie, hadn't even been out yet. Isn't that crazy to think about? Well, that is pretty wild. As always, I have my two hosts at Tim Trist, Tim Reichmith himself. Tim, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, not too bad. It's been you a day. Got a bas- you got a basketball game coming up, too, so we got to get you in and out of here so you can uh, make your way downtown, walking fast, faces fast, and you're homebound. As always, as well, we have my good friend Tanner Rush at Danger Rush back again for another beautiful episode. Tanner, your feelings, your thoughts, what does your heart say? About what? Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, oh, okay. There is um, nothing really to cover. Not no house. No uh, house cleaning. Really. Um, this should be. This might be our last week of doing podcasts over the internet, uh, depending on how Jordan feels, because he's been a very busy boy. He's back from the old England, the old, the old UK, and uh, he's excited. We're excited to have him back. I don't know, Tanner, if you've uh, gotten gotten any feedback from him yet, but uh, he, we should be back in business doing podcasts together pretty soon, I imagine. Uh, you know, it might be another week or two. I know he was wanting to take things slow, getting back into the groove of yeah. United yeah. States life. And I totally understand that. So uh, we're getting close, guys. We're getting close. I'm uh, also, you know, working away at the house, got a cool got an electrician coming over and uh that little podcast studio that i promised us that we're gonna have a nice little area to do podcasts day in and day out is coming along and we're gonna have that for film uh for for live streaming shows of cinemaxic at some point uh youtube channel uh as well as just a place where we can you know keep talking into these mics and feed you little ear nuggets um that you can enjoy listening to throughout your work day yeah, really excited. Also, this is kind of random, but I'm going to start a Jayhawk podcast. That's just for fun. Just going to do that. One person, maybe two. I don't know. Just going to do it from time to time because I want to talk about Jayhawk sports as well. So that's just something to keep a lookout for. I'm what are sure. you going to talk about when it's not basketball season? 
uh, I'm a diehard Tanner. So I am a football fan too, unfortunately. Yeah. But I am. So that's something to keep an eye out for. I'm sure I'll announce that. It's going to be separate of the Cinemaxic podcast feed. So I'm just going to, it's totally just for fun, a hobby. Just wanted to throw it out there because we're going to put something cool together and uh, I'm excited about it. All right, guys, let's uh, dive right into it then because we all saw it chapter two this weekend. I saw it Saturday. So did Tim. Tanner, when did you see it? Saturday. Saturday as well. It's a perfect Saturday night movie in the fall. We saw it later around 10, um, which I was a little worried about because, you know, 10 and then after all the previews and stuff, the movie starts about 10, 15, and it's a two-hour, 45-minute movie. So I was a little uh, apprehensive about this. But um, overall, had a good experience. So let's talk about this. Uh, It Chapter 1, did we all like it? Yes, we all liked It Chapter 1? Oh, I loved it. That yeah. movie was definitely uh it was in my top 10 of 2017. Um yep. It was definitely in contention. I mean, if Blade Runner 2049 had come out that year, I think it could have been my number 1 movie of 2017. Yeah, uh it was my number 2. Uh, it was my number 3. It was, it was my th- my third as well. Yeah, it was my number two that year, and uh, yeah, I just absolutely loved it, which, you know, I'm not the biggest horror movie fan. I really only watch them during one time of year, and if they're too dark, I don't know if I really enjoy them, um, but <laughs> I, uh, I like... like You're a sensitive boy. Like, a, Jesus, what was that movie? Um, uh, Hereditary? Yeah, that's... Don't need to see that more than once ever again. Oh, I could watch it any day of the week. Yeah, it's, uh, I still need to watch it, Tanner. Jeez, oh Tim, dude, is that that one? That one gets you going. But uh, I'm not the biggest, not the biggest horror movie fan. I will watch them, but I'm not like seeking them out. What was that? It was a little I don't bit. Know. It was a little bit different. Uh, I saw it. Absolutely fell in love with the town. Wait, what was a little different? Oh, good. <laughs> Very good, Tim. Am, I'm going to kick you from this podcast forever. Wow. That hurts. <laughs> um, again, I loved the town of Derry that they were building, the world building that went into it. It was a very atmospheric movie. I love my atmospheric films. Uh, there was plenty of scares. Um, there was plenty of frights. Uh, not too many jump scares, but just kind of upfront, like this stuff is kind of freaky looking and, and gets under your skin. But the child actors were incredible. The levity that they brought, the humor in the movie, so welcomed. Uh, honestly, I don't know if there's been a movie like it, in my opinion, um, uh, that I've ever seen. I, I There is just the delicate balance of levity and horror was masterfully composed. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it which you know it's very funny because i could say i really enjoyed it and i would that that actually could work as the movie title because that's what it's called and it's really confusing sometimes to end sentences with it when i'm just meaning the word it and not necessarily the movie it tanner do you agree run that by me again so what did you think of it? Uh, so um, are we uh, talking about the first one still? We're still talking one? about the first one. You really liked it. It was in your top. It was in your top ten. You said of 2017. Why was it in your top ten of 2017? It was just so uh, well put together. Um, great performances. It's just uh, it's infinitely entertaining movie. Like it was horror, but. You know, there's a lot of levity because of the children um, and their their chemistry with each other. And it's just like a roller coaster ride of a movie. It was just so fun. Yeah. Yep. Tim, what about you? Why'd you like the original It? It was good. No. Uh, I don't know. I thought it, <clears throat> it was kind of, as you mentioned, it was a very good blend of they had comedic bits, uh, horror but it wasn't overwhelmingly horror where you were scared throughout the entire movie. It it had a extremely good balance as all things should be. Um, And it kind of let you left you wanting more, um, especially with all the the no named actors that were kids. Um, They did a phenomenal job casting them and um, they really stole the show in my opinion, but it was just a really good story that it wasn't yeah 
overwhelmingly scary, which I'm not a big horror movie fan and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I I've watched it multiple times since then. And uh, I still enjoy it as much as I did yeah. the first time. I, I feel like, I feel like for me, the reason, the way I would describe this, and this is how I wish like most horror movies were, I enjoy like getting scared and stuff like that, but you got to give me some sort of levity. So I don't feel like this sense of dread all the damn time when I'm watching your movie. So I kind of, I can like compare it to basically a roller coaster. Yeah. It's scary. You're up extremely high and it's that moment's scary, but it's a ton of fun to be a part of. And that's why, uh, that's what I kind of want from horror movies is that there's these scary bits, but you also want to have fun with the movie. Um, I, what's kind of funny with both it chapter one and chapter two, both of these, I went home and was able to get to bed really easily. It wasn't like I, you know, you're, you're terrified of going into your own house by yourself at the end of the movie because you're just that freaked out. Um, it's because of the levity that the, the, the movie brought. And I thought that carried over to it chapter two. So Again, it chapter two is directed by Andy, uh, or is it, is it Andy or Andrea? I think it's Andy, right? It's and Andy Muschietti, um, who's also going to be directing the Flash movie for DC. So that's interesting. But um, he is back as the director of it chapter two, um, and there were some. There was a well. There was a ton of excitement. I don't. There's. I don't think there's ever been a horror movie ever that has gotten this much hype heading into its sequel. Most sequels and horror movies are just basically always going to be terrible. I feel like they 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 just are the mark of death on them. It's never going to be as good as the first. This is different. Uh, this is definitely different. And you know, with a two hour forty five minute runtime, people were worried: is this going to run too long? Is this going to drag? For me, on that. I didn't feel, feel like it dragged at all. I thought it was perfectly well paced. I never had one moment where I felt like I was bored by anything going on. Um, I honestly, I did not think it felt like a two hour, 45 minute movie. Could things been cut? There were some things that definitely could have been. Yes. But it didn't feel like I was, you know, sitting there feeling like, damn, this is getting really, really long, which is, I felt like I felt that way during Endgame at points. I'm like, this is, I'm getting bored. This is taking a little bit longer than I was. It, it, this is starting to feel like a three-hour movie. Um, didn't feel that way with it. Chapter two. What did you guys think of the runtime? Did you guys think it was nicely paced as I did? Did you enjoy each moment like that, or what do you think? Uh, I got a little impatient. I thought it slowed. It got it got pretty slow throughout the movie um, at different parts. Um, I know there's some some times where I was like, I was just getting ready for them to to move on from a specific scene because they just kept dragging in parts. So I, I was not a huge fan of the pacing of this film. I think that's one of its biggest, biggest flaws, in my opinion. Tanner? Um, you know, honestly, I did not feel the runtime when I watched this. Maybe upon second viewing, uh, it'll stick out more. And I, I don't think... I had a pacing issue. I guess it started off a little weird. The movie has, it's my issues, I guess, and this contributes to pacing and maybe makes people feel like it's longer uh, is because it has a way of repeating itself at times with different characters, but like, it's like, okay, it's this character's turn to do this thing. Now it's this character's turn to do this thing. And like each thing more or less plays out the same way every time it happens. You know yeah, what I mean? I, yeah, no, I agree with that. that. That was part of, I guess, what my issue was that it went through every single character and it was very, very similar. You knew they were going to go to a part where they were going to have maybe a flashback. They're going to do a flashback and there's going to be a little scary scene. And then they get yeah. a little momentum and then they go back and then it moves to the next character. And it, it felt a little dragged out in my opinion. And I was like, well, we already know what's going to happen. They don't need to do this. They should just put it all together and move on. See, I didn't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I felt that way about these. Cause I liked each, each individual part had its own unique story with each character and its own unique scare it wasn't like it was the same thing pennywise showing up and scaring them it was like each person had something different that was uh, that was their scare scene and i thought it was extremely fun to watch them confront and go on their own and you know have their own face off with these demons that pennywise has brought to life um 
I, yeah, I, I just, I did not feel the runtime at all. Not, not one bit. I guess I was just enjoying it so much. I thought the cast had really good chemistry for the most part. I, I, I thought they picked up kind of where the kids left off. Not, not as good, but it was, it was, the chemistry was there. Um, also something that I appreciated, I just realized, cause you know, this is so random to appreciate, but speaking of the cast, um, there was like several no name guys in there, which just re- kind of made me like, it, it kind of gave me that like, uh, B, B movie, B horror movie feel with like the random like actors that you don't know from anything else, but they're in these horror movies with it. Chapter two is kind of funny to see like Jessica Chastain and Bill Hader and uh, James McAvoy and then like three or four other guys who have like not been in anything and are like D list actors and stuff um but but they were they were you know i don't know it just kind of gave the movie that like 90s b movie horror feel i don't know like yeah. it just i i liked that i liked the casting being a bunch of no like a lot of them being no names not every one of them being a superstar um but yeah i i didn't feel the runtime at all guys i i really really enjoyed it i thought the pacing was really good i thought every individual character had their own story to tell I wish they would have given Bill a little bit more to do. Um, I felt not that he didn't have stuff to do. I just felt like his story arc may not have been as powerful as the first movie. And maybe that was intended, but his did feel like it was kind of all over the place with what he was doing. Um, But I did love his uh, interaction with Stephen King, Stephen King making a cameo there. And the, uh, and the antique shop was really, really cool. And he wasn't that bad of an actor either. He, uh, he, he held his own. Yeah, he did fine. Yeah. I didn't even realize that was Stephen King. You didn't realize that was Stephen King. Seriously? No. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, man. That was Stephen King. That's pretty neat. Um, had a little Stanley cameo. I like it. But also going back to the cast, something I wanted to say, yes. So everyone leading into this was saying Bill Hader steals the show. Like he's incredible. Like he is transformative. And I'm going to be honest. I loved Bill Hader in this for sure. It was great, but it wasn't like his Barry level of acting. I felt like, I felt like it was just Bill Hader being comedic Bill Hader from like SNL and everything. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get like the, the big dramatic intense moments. I thought that people were saying he was going to have like in like, go watch Barry. If you haven't go watch that freaking show guys. Cause it is, I know Tim has, I think you have too, Tanner, but I'm just talking to the general in the audience. It's incredible. Bill Hader is an amazing actor. And I didn't think we got what everyone was, pipe like you know hyping up he was very comedic he was very funny in a lot of scenes some of his lines fell flat but it wasn't like this transformative dramatic performance that i thought we were gonna get so i was a little i thought i was a little bizarre how much i don't know how much hype he was getting for just kind of just being comedic bill Hader. but the reason i say that is because i feel like the person who deserved a lot of hype was isaiah mustafa i thought he was great in this if there was a breakout performance i thought the freaking old spice guy is is had a great performance i i thought he was incredibly i I don't know he just had a lot of like gravitas to to his performance it just pulled me in every single time just the way he carried himself in the movie Mm -hmm. and the way he delivered his lines i really 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 enjoyed him in this movie he seemed kind of vanilla to me i i think everyone did a good job i just think bill Hader's character was the only entertaining one <laughs> out of the group yeah and i guess uh he played richie um and then uh eddie that character was also eddie was hilarious man fine yeah uh those two were the standout um but regardless of you know the actor's performance i just think the adults are just a little more boring. Yeah. I did think, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought they, uh, especially Bill, Bill, like I just had fuck all to do. Yeah. I, well, I thought, I, I thought it was interesting that they, they went straight into like with Jessica Chastain, uh, Bev's character, like going, like literally right. And just heading out going to dairy. Like, oh, okay. 
why? And he like beats the shit out of her and stuff. I'm like, that was like really out of nowhere and really fast paced. Like just showed like, it's like, I know they were trying to show that he, she married someone like her dad, like an abusive asshole. But I, I, that was a little like, wow, that was quick. They really just dove into that very complex relationship there within like a second of meeting adult Bev. I thought that was, I think, I think what they're trying to get at is that these kids experienced a traumatizing experience and you're hoping after they experience that and they all leave dairy, they move on to better things. But then yet you see all these characters still experiencing and dealing with trauma in their life. Um, I mean, you had Jessica Chastain. She was in an abusive relationship. Um, Oh wait, hold on. Drew just walked up. I don't want to spoil it for him. I'm not seeing it. He said he's not seeing it. I'm going to walk away. Uh, then you have Bill, who, you know, he's trying to be a successful actor, um, but yet he can't complete any books, and his endings are basically well, not a laughing actor. He's just a, he's just a, Sorry, a writer, a writer. Yeah. Um, but then you have Richie. You know, he's basically the exact same character. Uh, Mike. Isaiah Mustafa, he never left. He's just kind of sitting there reflecting on the past the entire time. Um, Eddie married someone exactly like his mom. And then Ben kind of still still dealing with his, you know, self-esteem issues. And he never got over Bev either. Um, and then the last guy uh, who committed suicide because, you know, he's still Stanley. dealing with this. Stanley, that's right. Stanley's still kind of dealing with uh, all of that, all of that trauma. And fear, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an interesting take. Yeah. No, it's a... Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, good. Let's talk about our favorite scares in the movie. Um, what were your favorite scares? I, I would like to start because uh, the movie went for, like, my weak spot, one of my biggest weak spots, uh, and that is creepy old people being creepy. And uh, see, I I feel like that's overplayed. It probably is, but I hated it. I hated that. It scared me. It scared me a lot. And uh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like that was a scene of sheer terror for me. Like that. Like when she comes running out of that room, and like the yeah. way the sound in the theater was. Like, I genuinely felt overwhelmed and terrified. I was freaking out a little bit. I was like, oh, my fuck. It's like, this is terrifying. <laughs> like, this, it, that was, like, one of the only moments I can remember in a theater where I just genuinely felt overwhelmed. I was like, it was a lot. Yeah, that's, I think, something both parts are good at is just being so in your face with the monsters or whatever. Uh, a lot of times it's just screaming at you and running at the camera, which makes me want to get up out of my seat. Yeah. Um, no, the old lady, as soon as she, you know, stops, well, the kind of monster fies, I guess, and comes bolting out of the kitchen. Uh, that was freaky. Everything up to that point, I mean, we'd already seen in that extended trailer, like the first yeah. teaser, I think. Oh, Everyone in my theater was laughing throughout that. Well, well, I th- that part where she scampered around naked and yeah, that was that was humorous. That was humorous. But like that part where Bev is like in the room and you can see the grandma down the hall, and then she like contorts herself and walks off all weird, dude. Oh man, that makes my skin crawl still. Just that shot, I just I I hate. <laughs> that was really scary. But I I just found I. <laughs> I think it was a meme that I saw, but I just thought it was hilarious. Like when that grandma uh, scooted by naked in the kitchen, I was like, when you, when you hop out the shower and forgot your bath towel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Run back to your room. That's what I felt like. But yeah, that was my favorite scare of the movie. Tanner, what about yours? I I think it's probably um, Eddie's vision quest part when he's having the flashback in the basement. And um, I guess this is a little spoilery. I don't know. You know, we're already talking spoilers. I'll, okay. I'll, 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 put, I'll run an, an ad uh, or a little blurb in front of the entire podcast saying we're going to talk spoilers. So no worries. 
Uh, well, so when he sees his mom strapped down to that chair and there's just this thing with the sack over it chained to a pipe and it's just kind of wiggling and moving at them, that made me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was a pretty fucked up scene. Did that. not like that. Yeah, um, the the leper puts his tongue in uh, her. Ugh, ugh, yeah, don't. Yeah, no, I didn't like that either. Didn't didn't like that either. <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> Which, by the way, that was was that like it was funny. It was very funny, and I guess I liked it because it was so out of place. But was that not like the most out of place thing in this entire series when he's choking the leper? And then he, the leper starts vomiting on him and just call me Angel in the morning. Yeah, that was so. I was like, what? So stupid. That was I, hilarious. I laughed in the moment just because I was already overwhelmed from what was going on. Yeah. And then was, he, he kind of walks out and he's just like, what the fuck? But like, I had that same reaction. But I mean, looking back, that was just a horrible editing choice. Yeah, it I was very bizarre. Honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't fit at all with the movie. Like at all? No, random. No, it doesn't. Playing like that, it doesn't fit. But I, I, I guess I, I, it's weird editing. It's bad editing. But do I like it? Yes. I no. There, there. So my no. biggest gripe, my biggest gripe with the movie is there was editing flaws throughout the entire film. There is some weird with, editing. Yeah, especially with the kids. Those scenes where they're going back with the kids, I see what they're trying to do with the de-aging, which I thought the de-aging was good, but their voices just did not match up. The audio editing yeah, wasn't there was very a, good. There was a scene with Eddie in the clubhouse there where he was speaking like a million – it sounded like he was speaking a thousand miles an hour, but it wasn't like him, Eddie being Eddie, like just kind of having his freak out. It was like very, very fast, and I was looking around. I was like, "Does it? this scene sounds like it's on 1.5. Yeah, on the dialogue, it was really weird. Um, and Finn, so, our DH, was hilarious because, like, he's you know he looks like a grown ass man now at sixteen, and they have the DH him back down to when he was probably shooting this movie at twelve and cast at eleven. Yeah, I, I honestly don't understand why their scenes weren't filmed when they were doing the first one, unless yeah, that's a they really just good point. unless yeah. they unless chapter two wasn't a, a sure thing when they were making the first one. Um, but I feel like even if they, they were, were making it. the first one, you, you just, you know, shoot those scenes anyways. I can't imagine it had been yeah. like just in case, but, but, um, but yeah, uh, real quick, Tim, going back to going back to the topic at hand, what was your favorite scare of the whole movie? Uh, I don't know. It, so this this one wasn't as scary in my opinion as the first one. Wow, I um, I could that's funny. I completely disagree. I thought this movie was way scarier than the first one. But go ahead, keep going. It the thing about this, and it, it kind of goes back to the predictability of the the individual scenes. You knew it was coming, unlike the original, where right you didn't know when something was going to pop out, like with the projector scene in the uh, garage. But I mean, I'd say probably the one that caught me off guard the most was the very beginning when uh that girl goes under the bleachers because you don't know what's going to happen um because that was that was a warm-up scare uh you didn't you didn't know um what to expect from the movie but outside of that i'd probably have to say that the little bed scene underneath the pharmacy um with eddie's character just because there's a lot of suspense going on you saw something moving behind the curtain but you didn't know what it was um, and then you just kind of see that little zombie-ish leopard guy um, chained up underneath the blanket. Yeah. Um, now that was that was a scary scene for sure. Are you even paying attention? No, I'm not. I'm sending an email. Sorry. Um, what were you saying? Sorry, some chained up under a blanket. You agreed with me. Okay, that was a scary scene. Yeah. All um, right. Also, that scene where you know it goes back to the grandma when Bev is swimming in the the water there, and the fucking grandma pops out and oh, drags her down, and like, yeah, that was that was scary. Um, but yeah, those are my favorite scares. But what I want to talk about most, and why I guess I really like these it movies, is that they're like action adventure movies to me that are horror based and have a little bit of comedy. Especially this one, like the whole adventure of them having to go find their tokens, and then having to go on the adventure of going back to the house and going down the well and and going to this place where there and there's this overall mythical tale that that kind of took it 
to this next level of, you know, outside of realism. And um, just the doesn't whole that remind you exactly of uh, Endgame, where they all split up to get the Infinity Stones? I mean, I guess I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It reminds me of a lot of episodes of Scooby Doo. It's you know, there's a lot of times where people split up and get things, you know. Okay. Anyways, um, I I really liked the just the action adventure aspect of this movie and and the just the adventure they go on to to come together and try and defeat it um, and defeat Pennywise and uh, the the mythical. I haven't read the book, so I'm sure this is already in there, but just like the mythical aspect of it from like these, you know, Pennywise being like the birth of this like billion year old demon and stuff like that. I just, I really, really, really loved that. I don't, I don't know about you guys. What were your thoughts on just the overall story in chapter two? Um, I did like, you know, how it got a little more cosmic with things. Um, I just, I don't like just the the structure, I guess, or really the plot. I don't like how they split everyone up after bringing them back together. Um, I thought the little individual vision quests they went on to get their their tokens or whatever um, didn't really do anything significant. Like... There's Mike makes a big deal. It's like, oh no, but you don't remember everything. And it's like, oh, they just forgot one more time that it scared them when they were kids. Yeah, I didn't I I, I, I really didn't think, think the story was as solid as the first one. I this is where the I being an adaptation, they could have changed a lot. And I think they should have because splitting them up just robbed whatever um chemistry could have been built between the characters or the actors playing them um i think just the kids stuff you could have cut and i feel like it was just there because some producer was like oh the kids were really popular in the first one we have to bring them back for part two and so the plot was built around showing them again. And I know in the novel that there's kind of two timelines. There's the timeline where they're kids and then when they're adults and they come back And the novel actually kind of interweaves all of this together. However, with the films, the first one does not interweave with the adults. It abandons that kind of structural element. So I don't know why they wanted to pick it up with part two. I think it's because the kids did so well and audiences just loved them. They wanted to kind of bring them back. Uh, but it, what, what doesn't make sense is when did, when were all these scenes supposed to take place? Cause the first one, weren't they all dealing with it for the most part? Yeah. So I think it's after they go to the, the house. Yeah. The house on Niebolt street. They, but before Bev leaves to Oregon. And they do the blood ritual? Right. Bef- no, it's, yeah, this is, apparently it's in between the Niebolt Street house and their confrontation in the sewer at the end. So they, uh, they kind of, Bill gets in that fight with Richie and they split up for a little bit. And I can't remember exactly how the first one plays out because I haven't seen it since theaters. But And they all make up and come back together. So I guess in that period of time in between the house and them going to the sewers um, is when their their missing memories took place. Yeah. Okay. But it seems it weird sense. how all these kids are... <laughs> it's just funny imagining them being like, well, uh, we're really uncovering a lot of dirt here, and this is... Our situation's getting more and more dire and horrible, but, you know, let's just kind of fuck off and try to live normal lives for a couple days or something. Yeah, that was my biggest thing because you have Bill as a kid freaking out the entire time about Georgie and his whole thing is about him kind of getting courage and realizing it wasn't really his fault. But when they have those flashbacks, they're all really happy and there's nothing bad going on. So that that just kind of, it didn't align with the first movie. 
in my yeah. opinion, and that that kind of bothered me. So I agree. I, I think it would it could have they could have gone without having those scenes of the kids. Um, I mean, I see what they're trying to do, but I don't, I don't think it overall impacted the story very well. Um, yeah, I mean, they should have had more scenes. They should have yeah. had more scenes with the adults interacting with each other. Because that was yeah. one thing we liked about the first is how great of a chemistry those kids had together because they just built off each other. We didn't really get that as much um, development within this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would have I would have been bummed to not see the kids in this at all. So, like, I, I, I'm happy with the amount they were in it. I, I feel like they could have been – I'm happy with the amount they were in it. I just felt like it could have been way um, – it could have been done better because I do feel like it came off almost like an afterthought with the way it was put together rather than like, this is going to be a key integral part of the story. So I'm glad they included them, but there was better ways that they could have done it. Um, let's see. Oh, you know what? Another, another scene just off the top of my head that scared the shit out of me, the lumberjack scene with, with Richie, that scared the hell out of me. I, that like, I, I, uh, yeah. That one did scare me too. I forgot about that one. Didn't like that. That one, whew, that one got me going. I mean, it was it wasn't scary after the. That yeah, I mean, it were it was a jump scare. Yeah, but yeah, I think the lumberjack, the Paul Bunyan statue, a lot a lot of people I've seen online are criticizing just the amount of CG in this movie, uh, but the Paul Bunyan one was the only one that looked particularly fake to me. Yeah. Uh I mean that's not really a a super good critique of the film, but uh that took me out a little during and, that scene. Another thing another thing too, like the kids getting eaten in this movie, I uh I wasn't sure necessarily why it was like I that curly headed blonde kid, I don't know I don't know why that side story was necessary um and i i that that scene with the girl going under the bleachers i don't know why that was necessary um i don't it's because they couldn't kill off any of the main cast at that point yeah but they needed to you know keep its threat still going yeah, I so think, so they I had to, the... kill, to kill <laughs> random children throughout the movie oh yeah it, and i think the 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 curly-headed guy was to kind of try to symbolize George um, and Bill's kind of, un, I guess, inept ability to save him. And it was supposed to revisit his memories of being helpless when his brother's getting yeah. eaten I'm by su- the... I'm surprised. How, yeah, I'm surprised how many kids they showed he getting eaten in this. I was like, Jesus, man, that's a, that's, that's a couple kids just getting eaten. It's a couple that, kids. A couple kids. That was also uh, also it was kind of cool to see in that in that grandma scene. Uh, it's just thinking of Pennywise, uh, like kind of Pennywise without like all that weird stuff going on, and uh, yet and and seeing just kind of the start of how he came to be in that creepy ass old photo of him at, with. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that's the origin of the Pennywise uh, form, but. I mean, it itself arrived before that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it did. Well, you know what? You know what really annoyed me? That I was really pissed off about that. uh, You know, at the beginning of the movie, you 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 have the gay couple, and they get the shit beat out of them by those the five punks. Right. One gay gay guy gets freaking thrown off the damn bridge, and you know, nearly murdered. And then Pennywise eats him in front of his, in front of his, like his boyfriend and uh, the fucking guys who did that don't get their comeuppance at all in the movie. Yeah. What the hell, man? Like, why aren't they getting their ass? (laughs) Sorry. Well, apparently, uh, apparently in the novel, um, they do get arrested and stand trial for the murder. Yeah, so there's a little closure in the book. Of course, that doesn't count, you know, if it's not present in the movie. But, but well, apparently, this movie he cut it down to two hours and like 45 minutes. But he said he has a four-hour director's cut that's coming to, to Blu-ray. He said there's a lot of scenes that I left out that I wish I could have kept in, and it's like four hours long. And they're he's gonna release it on Blu-ray, a total four-hour cut. 
Well, um, he's working, yeah, on uh, combining both films. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is, I'm excited. Uh, I would be, I'd, I'd watch that, and maybe he can, maybe he, uh, maybe he has a lot of the same uh, gripes that we do. Just the, the fact that he had to film this thing after it, it won, with uh, you know having to redo these scenes and, and try and make these scenes believable with the kids being DH and stuff. Maybe like, I can figure out a way to kind of make this feel a little bit more natural. So, question. Um, the clubhouse that Ben apparently single-handedly built. Uh-huh. Is the suggestion that he built that during the events of the first it, or was it after? I think it was during. Because I I really don't like that whole like oh we forgot a bunch of shit and like here's things when you're watching the first movie there's nothing to indicate that like what you're seeing isn't the full story so it feels kind of cheap in, in this one to be like oh no here's a bunch of stuff that actually happened yeah and that's what I was getting at earlier too yeah uh, I guess I never realized that. I thought they just I thought I I, I couldn't remember because I didn't watch chapter one before yeah. This I couldn't remember. I was like, did they all go their separate ways after that, or did they stick around town for a bit before going their separate ways? And I couldn't I'm a, remember. I'm so assuming, if, if yeah, they in town it makes sense. If they didn't, if they all like literally were saying we're all leaving, then it doesn't make sense at all. No, I I don't think all the kids, you know, moved away with their families after the first one. I'm pretty sure they all finished their, their ed, yeah. And I kind of would rather a scene like stuff from that period like them in high school or something but i mean even though it was dormant during that time also how about the how about the bait and switch on the on the fat kid uh at the very beginning there you could have swore the fat ugly guy giving the presentation in that conference room was going to be the fat kid nope it's the super hot guy videoing in from his freaking mansion. Still amazing casting though like i can totally believe that like a chubby kid would grow up and you know Yeah, yeah. Or glow up. It was really funny. It was really funny because Paige leans over and goes, "Who's that?" (laughs) And I go, "That's the fat kid." And she goes, "What?" It's like I thought the fat kid was the guy in the boardroom there. And I was like, "No, he got really fucking hot." (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I gotta, I gotta hop off real quick, so I'm just gonna give my score. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Okay. Wow. You know, I feel like your review doesn't match the score, and uh, that was better than I was expecting. But okay, you have a good basketball game. Drop twenty on them. Bye. Do goodbye. Um, you know, actually, it's funny that he left right now because I think we've covered pretty much everything we wanted to talk about in the film. Did you have anything uh, you wanted to cover, Danner? That I didn't. Yeah. Cover? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's some other things here and there, and I guess I'm. I don't think this is nitpicky a bulk of what I've said so far has been kind of negative, but I mean, everything I liked about it chapter two was, you know, it had the same strengths that the first one did. I just think it was over long and there was a lot of stuff in there that could have been cut, could have been cut or just reworked. Like the script could have been reworked again. Uh, the, and I guess it's very faithful to the books to an extent, but I feel like when you're doing an adaptation, you sh- you should change things around to tell to make the best movie you can. Um, there are some weird things like there was no real follow up with Bev and her husband, although I guess we're left to assume she just left him left him because we see her with ben at the end yeah um but with bill and his wife there's nothing there and bill kissed bev but then it's never brought up like there's zero conversation about it we don't see bill you know returning to his wife or anything well i don't think i don't think it was anything more than i don't think it was anything more than uh than them just having a moment of like absolute like terror and weakness and just trying to find comfort in anything they can get that's what i always took that's what i took it as like they were literally just trying to find any comfort they can and i don't think bill read anything into it i think they're just like why did we do that i don't know i don't know i there should have been some follow-up um and and i guess because i kind of read up on you know the book plot um 
in the novel, Bev's husband actually follows her to Derry, and eventually Bill's wife shows up as well to see what's going on. And um, Bev's husband ends up getting like manipulated by it to kidnap Bill's wife, Audra, and bring her to his lair and where I think it just kills him and then she's left catatonic. And then so when they go to confront it, Bill finds his wife down there um, and they're able to save her. And then the novel ends with Bill giving her a ride on Silver, his childhood bike, and she slowly kind of snaps out of it. Um, yeah. And which to me, that sound that, that seems like a very nice cinematic kind of sweet ending to the story. It's weird that, you know, I'm some people on Reddit were wondering if maybe they did film scenes with the two spouses in Derry, but they got cut, but I don't really see the holes where they could have fit into. Um, I, I think they should have been in there and have more, just more stuff directly threatening the adults instead of just flashbacks to things that happened when they were kids because there's no tension in that because we know they survived into adulthood. We know they defeated it when they were children. Um, so those scenes, while they're fun and the jump scares get you and the monsters are cool looking, they're just kind of hollow on a dramatic level. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Um, the shit with Henry Bowers while the, the zombie... Uh, what's the character's name? Hawkstetter. Yeah, Hawkstetter. Uh, he looked really cool. Yeah. But <laughs> I, it's hilarious to imagine it just driving around a crazy hillbilly around town. <laughs> you, with with Hawks. Wait, so are those, is that it? Or is that like it's just minions that he sends out? I feel I like... Th- I, I, I think thought, he, I he had minions. Like basically. I don't think so. Like I think he can project himself sort of psychically to fuck with people, but I don't know. Well, again, I don't know how that's working in this situation though. If he's like telepathically or telekinetically like tr- controlling this car, yeah. like um, more more importantly, how the fuck did that guy live? Not Hawksetter, right? The other guy. He got shoved down a well. Bowers, yeah. Bowers. He got shoved down a well, and you saw him get slammed up against the concrete and bounce yeah. around. There's no way he's surviving that. That was like a hundred foot fall, and he yeah. just goes up in the water. Where was water at the bottom of that well? The Wait. first, the first film, de- definitely doesn't seem to suggest he survived. I mean, I guess it's ambiguous, but you could have just been like, "Oh yeah, he died," and left it at that. I, I, the only thing I can think of is that it rescued him or something like that. Is it saved him from? Yeah, I don't know. And and, and then like he got woke up in the woke up in the river because like, yeah, it clearly implies the way he falls down a hundred foot cement shaft that he is going to be dead. So I didn't understand how he was alive. I, the only thing I come up like I guess it saved him and uh, kept him alive for purposes later in the future. Yeah, um, and I guess uh, going back to the novel, um, uh, the chapter two kind of implies he's just arrested and committed for the murder of his father, but uh, the book actually has the police pinning all the child murders on him. Oh, really? Yeah, which is interesting. That was a haunting shot in it, chapter two, seeing all the mutilated bodies come washing out of the sewer. Yeah, that was messed up. It was gross. Um, it was cool, though. Cool seeing <laughs> dead kids. <laughs> it was gross, but, you know, it was pretty nice. Um, uh, and it, he didn't do a whole lot. Also, I thought the guy, I thought Bowers, like, with his, you know, sh- shitty mullet and, and just overall looking disgusting, I thought that looked exactly like Nick Swartzen. <laughs> as, a I almost, fact, as a matter of fact i had a double take i'm like is that nick swartzen when i saw the the trailer when you, you there's a shot in the trailer where you see him kind of laughing and getting dragged around by the orderlies i was almost like man did chris pratt get fat again <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's transformed himself for this role yeah 
Uh, I mean, it's not Chris Pratt, and I guess the two don't really look alike, but I don't know. In that shot, it, it kind of did to me. Um, but so overall, I think I, it, it chapter two is really entertaining, but it's overly long, I think. Um, it's just not as tight as the first one, and I think a lot of the attempts at humor are misplaced. Um because part of the fun of the first one is, I mean, it's kids. Kids are naturally goofy and silly, and their their friendship, them being dicks to each other, was really fun. But as adults, like, I don't think the chemistry worked as well. Um, I felt like the threat needed to feel a little more real to them. Oh, you know what else, by the way? Something I realized? Uh, every single one of the kids grew up insanely rich. Every single one of them. <laughs> It's like Bill Hader is a famous comedian. Yeah, they all, uh, they all did well. Comedian. Bill is a you know, Hollywood writer. Uh, a Bev is, lives in some sort of swanky-ass mansion-looking place. Uh, what, who's, what's the fat kid's name? Ben. Ben is a multimillionaire real estate. Yeah, uh, Eddie local. is... Eddie's... I'm not sure if they say what he does. Eddie's driving a Cadillac Escalade that's yeah. a $160,000 car. <laughs> it's in New York. So he he's a he's like a he they do Bill Hader's uh, Richie makes a joke of it. Um, he's like, "Oh, what do you do?" And he's like, "I'm a I'm a risk analyst for an insurance firm," is what he says. And yeah. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. He yeah. did say. Um they all grew up rich besides uh besides Mike. Mike <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike lives in the damn tower, the damn clock tower and uh which looks spacious. It also looks, looks renovated. High ceilings. Another point um is that everyone splits off to go do their own thing. Mike's just chilling at the library by himself. And I guess you could say this about any of them, although some of them do get confronted by uh, it while they're doing their shit. But um, I don't know why he's... Everyone just seems way too comfortable being alone in that movie. <laughs> like, you think it would really be gunning them way harder yeah, than just I, having... than sicking Bowers at them. I, he, I don't know. I feel like... I think that was kind of the point, though, too, is that, like, the kids have know how to beat him like already and know that everything he does is like just a game it's just a head game and yeah like, and and they know how to beat him so their their comfort level like comes from like this place of like bravery i guess even though like some of them don't have that you know eddie and uh what's his face who offed himself at the beginning of the movie um, stanley yeah stanley um so I think that was the explanation there as to why that happened. Uh, uh, so I like why they were a little more comfortable going off on their own, but yeah, I don't know. I would be terrified. I mean, they were clearly terrified in a lot of the scenes there, but uh, yeah, I, I guess overall um, the movie is just as entertaining as the first one. It's just stretched out and kind of just, Overall, there's less of a sense of meaning or significance to things. I, I'm i not disappointed with it, but it it's noticeably, in my opinion, not as strong as the first one. Yeah, I agree. It's not as strong as the first one. It isn't. But for me, I, I really, really enjoyed the movie. It was long, but I didn't feel like – I never felt like my – it wasn't the type of movie where I felt like my butt was falling asleep in my seat. And no. Starting to get tired of sitting there. I, I felt like the movie was f fairly paced. I thought the cast had decent enough chemistry. I thought there was really good performances all around. There was good humor. Um, there was good, again, atmosphere building in this. It wasn't as good as the first one because uh, I didn't feel like they no. really showed enough of dairy that I was really hoping they would like they no. did the first. Um so the the atmosphere, the atmosphere it wasn't as atmospheric as the first. that yeah and i think part of that is dairy just feels just like a regular small town in this movie well in the first one like there's creepy shit happening in the background and i guess yeah. a lot of it's implied to be it or pennywise or whatever like when ben's in the library and yeah. the librarian is just kind of grinning at him 
oh out God. of focus in the background. I, I hate that so much. In like, you know, all the YouTube, like in case you missed it type videos are like, there's Pennywise. And it's like, yeah, that could be Pennywise. But like part of the first it was just how shitty all the adults were. Yeah. Yep. Like and it really made the kids feel like they were more in peril because they weren't going to get any help. The adults either just ignored them entirely, like when Bev's dad walks in and there's blood everywhere, although it's just her hallucinating, but that kind of highlights the point. Yeah. That's but a- like it's the adults are either indifferent or outright predatory, where the adults in Dairy in part two are just more like goofy assholes, if anything. Yeah, and that's another thing I was curious about. I'm always, I've always been curious if, if the adults can actually see like Pennywise, if they can actually see him. Because yeah. I thought Pennywise is the thing is that he's only seen by kids because kids are afraid of him, and and the, he can he can scare them. And like for adults, it's too late. So unless you've been unless you've been a kid who survived seeing Pennywise, you can't see them as, them as an adult because that's why I always felt like the adults yeah. never noticed or saw anything that these kids were freaking out about. Um, I feel like this. There's not like a rule set established with it in how he operates in his control on the town and yeah. you know what he's weak to or what it's uh, uh i don't know if you can really nitpick this movie to pieces if you if you wanted to but yeah. um it's still one of i think my favorite movies i've seen so far in theaters this year although admittedly i am woefully behind yeah on a lot of major releases but uh, i really liked it i would give it Oh, maybe a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think yeah, that's fair. I, for me, I think these both are instant Halloween movie classics for me. Yeah. They're going to be rewatched for years to come by, like, for, for me especially. I, I really, really enjoyed them both. Um, and uh, the, even though the, the second one doesn't quite live up to the original and does have its shortcomings, I still overall thought it was a really, really, really entertaining movie and did a really great job with the horror genre. And I, I, uh, I'll give it an eight out of 10. You know, it's, it's funny to me kind of, I was reading, you know, comments online and stuff and it seems like Reddit is not taking to it quite so well. And a lot of people have said like, well, this movie doesn't work because or doesn't work as a horror movie because it's not scary, which I mean, this is a longer thing I could get into more in the Halloween, but I don't think it's a requirement of horror films to be scary. A and B, if you didn't feel a little unnerved at any point during it, chapter two, I think you're lying or like you're like, drunk on the verge of the abyss or something yeah no you know there's always those people that like literally it's like a stereotypical thing it's like, oh, it wasn't even that scary it's like yeah your damn yeah, it's mouth. some machismo <laughs> thing yeah I, mean, I, I i've like i've wanted this like i remember when i saw it too and i was like yeah i mean it won and i was like damn that was scary and i went to yeah like, and people were like dude it wasn't even that scary i mean it Shut didn't your mouth fill me with existential fear or anything but like in the moment i was like oh this is freaky like i like yeah. this yeah it, it but was, again horror movies don't have to be scary to be horror movies yeah they just have to you know give that it's give a, it spook. it's it's a, it's a uh, aesthetic uh yeah. thematic kind of yeah. thing to deal with um yeah but if you want a movie that's going to fill you with just existential existential dread and uh, terrify you and uh, eighth grade, <laughs> yes, that's that's the one or Hereditary. Oh um, yeah, I just but, watched Eighth Grade the other day. So. Didn't like it, or no? Um, it was good. Like I recognize it's one of those movies where I recognize, okay, this is a good movie. I get why people like it, but on a personal level, I just didn't connect with it. Yeah, I I thought it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't like the best coming of age movie I've seen. I love coming of age movies. I just I don't know. I felt like it was lacking. Yeah. I liked Edge of Seventeen much more. But we that's a, that's a topic for another time. Maybe you uh, maybe you should bring that up on next week's podcast for what we watched this week, and you can okay. talk about that.
that. I think yeah. we're running a little longer than he was even expecting. We took about an hour <laughs> yeah. to talk about it, chapter two. So we're going to go ahead and end the podcast now. There wasn't really any news of note to talk about anyways. Um, so we'll be back next week with some more of that. But uh, I want to thank you guys all so much for listening to the art review of it chapter two uh on behalf of tim reichmuth at tim trust you can find him on instagram and uh letterbox uh and tanner rush here at danger rush on instagram and letterbox as well i'm your host max leadham at max fozzy you guys know where you can reach us at cinemastic pod on instagram cinemastic on twitter cinemastic pod at gmail.com and of course you can download the anchor app and leave a voice message to us if you want us to review anything leave a topic you know, make a comment, anything like that. We'd love to have that patch it into the show. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think that's going to do it. We took care of the house housekeeping stuff at the top of the show. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. We really, really appreciate you. And as always, watch on. Bye.